morning, everybody. How you guys doing this morning? Lighthouse Point, how are you guys doing this morning? We just want to say welcome to our Lighthouse Point location and everybody that's watching online. Can we give it up for them this morning? Thank you guys so much for being part of our family. Well, I just got to kind of call out the elephant in the room here. So last week, I don't know if Pastor Brian did this at Lighthouse Point, but here, I gave a heavy promo for like, you guys are going to want to come next week and bring a friend. We have an incredible speaker coming and all of these different things. And I pretty much just hyped the mess out of this weekend. And then our guest speaker texted us on Monday and said, hey, I'm not going to be able to be there next weekend. I had an emergency come up. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, I just promoted the heck out of myself, I guess. And it's kind of like in those moments, I felt a little bit like a fraud. Like, I just duped these people. I just, like, said, hey, everybody show up, bring a friend, it's going to be awesome. And then I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be the one on the stage. And so, hey, I believe that that was the plan from the very beginning, that God has a word and he has a reason that he wanted me to communicate today and so I believe I have something special for you guys but I don't know if you guys have ever felt similar to that like you've hyped something up and then you're like oh man wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be or I feel like I led this person in the wrong direction or I kind of feel like a fraud if these people only knew that I'm not that secure that I have in me then they wouldn't trust me with these things or with this how anybody ever feel that way lighthouse point you guys feel that some okay I don't know if I'm talking to the right crowd. <laughs> but I think this is actually something, honestly, that I struggle with very deeply in my own life. This is something that honestly has been plaguing my life for a very long time. And it's this idea, like people sometimes look at me and they think, oh man, Shayla's confident, she stands on the stage, she whatever. Like, I am nervous, I am insecure, I feel sometimes so unequipped, and sometimes I'm like, if people only knew, would they show up? I remember in the very beginning of starting Coastal, TJ and I were like, the only two staff members at Coastal, like the only two people in, in the church phone number would actually ring to Pastor TJ's cell phone. And so he would pick up the, his cell phone, Coastal Community Church, how can I help you? And they'd be like, can I have the accounting department? And so TJ would put down the phone, cover it up, Shayla, you're the accounting department. <laughs> accounting, this is Shayla. Then another phone call would come in and he, Coastal Community Church, this is TJ. Can I have the counseling department? Yeah, absolutely. Hold on just a moment. Shayla, you're the counseling department. <laughs> counseling, this is Shayla. And I remember in that season, every phone call, every interaction, I kind of felt like a fraud. I didn't know much about counseling at all. I wasn't a great counselor. I didn't know anything about accounting, but yet I, I'm like answering the phone and I'm answering questions. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever felt like that in life. Like I'm totally ill-equipped to handle this. And if they only knew, if they only knew, and it's been something that I've even been walking through in this season of my life. Again, if, if people only knew the insecurity or the fear, fear that I don't really feel good enough or equipped enough to do these things. 
And I started kind of, as I was getting ready for this message, I just started looking up, does anyone else in this world feel like a fraud? <laughs> or feel like they're not good enough? And I actually came upon this research and actually this term, and I'm gonna tell you what the term is in just a minute, but it said actually eight out of 10 people actually deal with this. So eight out of every 10 people that are sitting in this room, the majority of us, are dealing with this thing that I'm gonna to talk to you about. And they actually put this label on it, this definition on it, and they called it imposter syndrome. And I wanna tell you what the, def the definition of imposter syndrome is. It's a psychological occurrence in which an individual doubts their skills, their talents, and their accomplishments. I don't know if anybody in this room have ever dealt with, am I good enough? Am I actually able to do this? Am I talented enough? And has persistently internalized the fear of being exposed as a fraud. If they only knew I wasn't good enough. If they only knew I struggled with these things. And eight out of 10 of us in this room have dealt with this at some point or are currently dealing with it now. And I wanna show you some of the signs that you can see if like you're dealing with imposter syndrome in your life. The first one is this. Do you mistrust the compliments people give you? Does somebody compliment you and you're like, oh, they were just trying to be nice. They're just saying that to be nice to me, to encourage me today. And we don't actually trust that they're really genuine, that they really mean it and that we're deserving of it. How about this one? Do you feel unworthy of success that what got you where you are is by luck or by chance? You know what, it's not actually the, my abilities that got me here, it's just kind of happened in my life. I was at the right place at the right time and I'm not really that gifted. It's just lucky I'm here. Or how about this? Do you underestimate your competence or your skills? Do you underestimate the fact that you are really gifted in that area and you look around and you think everybody else is way more gifted than I am, everybody else is way more able than I am, I'm really not that good and we kind of underestimate the, the, the gifts and talents that God has given us. And we begin to question the things that people would look at us and go, you know what, you're really good at this but we would never think that about ourselves. What about this? Do you criticize yourself even after others give you praise? Yeah, I know they say that, but actually I messed up this way, this way, this way, or I'm, my thoughts are this, this, and this. What about this? Do you set unrealistic goals and expectations for yourself? Are you like, in order to have success, I have to be this person, and so you set these crazy, unrealistic goals that you're not gonna meet, and you just end up discouraged and go, I can't be successful because I don't have what it takes to get there. And you're setting these unrealistic measurables and goals that you're just not gonna attain. And here's what imposter syndrome does. I think it's the reason we quit early before we ever have a chance to disappoint people. I'm not gonna start that business or I'm not gonna have that conversation. I'm not gonna say that encouraging word because I'm just gonna disappoint somebody because I'm not even good enough. Imposter syndrome is the reason I think we never fully step into the purpose that God has given us. Because again, we feel like a fraud. 
Like I don't have what it takes. Even the things that God has purposed in me and the destiny that he's given me, I'm just not good enough. And if people found that out, it's what keeps us from being vulnerable with others because we are just too afraid of being found out. If I'm vulnerable with that person, they'll know I struggle in this area of my life and they're just gonna leave me. They're, they're gonna find out that I'm not who they think I am. And I think imposter syndrome, it, it kind of hides in the shadows of our insecurity, shaming us with lies about our inadequacy. And it begins to tell us you're not good enough, you're not capable. Those gifts, talents, abilities that God has given us, those aren't good enough. And I think so many of us struggle with this from time to time and we are totally unaware that the person sitting right next to us, your coworker, your pastor, the athlete, the student, the leader, the CEO, the mom, they're feeling the exact same way that you do. Do I have what it takes? Am I good enough? Will people really find out that I'm not as confident as they think I am. And sometimes these things are present in our life because of what other people have said to us. But for so many times, it's because of what we've said to ourselves. It's what's happening between our ears. It's what's happening in our mind that is continually giving us these defeating thoughts. And I think the enemy's greatest tactic is to get us to question what God has called us to. To get us to question the gifts, the talents, the abilities that he's placed in our life. And his greatest attack on our world today is our identity. And truly living the identity and the purpose that God has called us to. And I think he would want us to believe all of these feelings and all of these things that are going on in our mind. He would want us to buy into the feelings over the facts of who God has created us to be. And he begins to plant fear and doubt that cause us to live in this place of insecurity, of living in this place where we feel like a fraud instead of stepping into the purpose and the destiny that he has designed for us to live. You know, there's a story in the Bible that I want to talk to you guys out of today. And it's actually the story of David and Goliath. And so many people, if you've been around church at all, you've heard the story of David and Goliath. Whether it was in Sunday school or whether you've heard tons of messages preached on the story of David and Goliath. But as I was researching these things, there was some totally different perspectives that came out of this story than I've, than I've ever seen before. And in order to truly tell the story of David and Goliath, you actually have to go back pretty far. Because there was a time where there was a king named Saul, and God was not pleased with how Saul was leading. He wasn't pleased with the posture of Saul's heart, and so he tells the prophet, I need you to go around Israel, and I need you to find and anoint the next king of Israel. Now, it was going to be years and years and years before this next king would actually take power in Israel. But God knew, like, I have to choose this person now so I can develop them and cultivate all of these things in them so that they can operate in the purpose that I've given them. And so Samuel goes all throughout Israel, and he actually comes to a house of a man named Jesse, who has many kids, 
And so he tells Jesse, I want you to bring all of your sons because I'm here and I'm looking for the next king of Israel and I'm going to anoint them as the king, the future king. And so Jesse brings all of his boys except one, except David. He leaves him out in the sheep. And in the field, tending to his sheep. He's a shepherd at the time. And I think Samuel probably thinks, or not Samuel, but Jesse probably thinks, eh, David's not the one. So I'm going to bring all of my boys that are better qualified than David. And so Samuel shows up at Jesse's house, and he sees all of his sons. And he says, do you have any more kids? None of these are the ones. Do you have any more kids? And Samuel goes, well, yeah, there's my other son. He, he's out in the field. He's tending the sheep. You know, no big deal. He's not the one. And Jesse says, bring him to me. And so David comes, and he says, this is him. This is the future king of Israel, and I'm going to anoint him as that right now. And so Samuel anoints David in that moment. Samuel gives him a purpose that he's going to walk in in the future. But what's so interesting is even though this purpose has been spoken over David, he doesn't just immediately step into being the king. He actually goes back into the field and continues shepherding. And I want to speak to some of you guys today that you feel like God has given you a purpose. You feel like God has given you a calling. You feel like God has given you gifts and talents and abilities and he's given you this destiny, but you haven't begun to see it take fruition yet. And you feel like, man, I'm in obscurity. I'm out in the field tending sheep when God has given me this purpose to my life, this calling to my life. And let me tell you something. It might have taken David a long time to get from the pasture to the palace, but there was so much process that God was taking David through to prepare him to be what God wanted him to be and to operate in who God wanted him to be. And so don't despise this season where it seems like you're unseen or you're out in the field when God's given you a purpose and a calling. And so what happens is actually David's brothers are in the Israeli army. And they're off at war in this part of the story. And David's dad says, hey, David, I want you to go bring some snacks to your brothers. I want you to check on them. Well, the Israeli army is fighting the Philistine army, and the Philistine army has this like champion warrior on their team named Goliath. And he's this giant that is intimidating all the armies. They are like a powerhouse defeating everybody. And so Goliath is there taunting the army. And David shows up on the scene, and he is delivering these snacks to his brothers, and he sees this giant taunting the armies of God, and he goes, who is this guy speaking against the armies of God? And David's brothers are like, shut up, David. Listen, go, go back to the field where you're supposed to be. Go back to, to tending your sheep. You don't know what you're doing. You don't even know what you're asking. Just get out of here. And Saul overhears that there's some kid asking, like, who is this giant that he thinks that he can defeat the armies of God? And he's going, man, send me out there. I'll do it. And so Saul, like, who is this kid? And so Saul calls for David. 
And David goes into the presence of Saul, and Saul sees David, and he's like, oh, geez. I don't think this kid is the one. But for some reason, he keeps thinking that he can defeat this giant, and so if he thinks it, nobody else wants to do it, so why don't we just send him? And what happens in this moment is Saul sees David and goes, I'm not sure you have what it takes, so let me, t- let me put on you some things that a soldier would wear, that, that a warrior would wear. And Saul begins to put his armor on David, and that's where we pick up the story in 1 Samuel 17. It says, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a cloak of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened the sword over his tunic and tried walking around because he wasn't used to them. Basically, Saul begins to put his armor on David, and David's walking around going, this doesn't fit. I can't fight in this. I can't walk in this. And here's what I know. Some of you guys in this room are exactly like David in this moment. There are some people that have tried to put something on you, And it's uncomfortable. Maybe they said, why aren't you more like your brother? And you've taken that and you've tried to be more like your brother and you're walking around and you're going, this doesn't fit. I'm not used to this. I can't fight this way. Or maybe some of you guys, you know, we live in a culture that so celebrates social media and looking a certain way and acting a certain way. And we begin to scroll through social media and we see how successful all of these people are. And we think, well, if I just do what they do, then maybe I'll be successful. And it's not actually who we are. We're just imitating somebody else. And we're putting on ourselves something that doesn't fit us. Maybe you're a mom and you're like, I have to be like that other mom who is rocking the Pinterest cupcakes. And you're spending hours up at night trying to be something you're just not. And you've got something put on you and you're just walking around and you're like, this doesn't fit. I can't walk in this. I can't go in this. I think there's a lot of people walking around trying to be something they're not. Or they're minimizing the things that God has called them to do because of fear or doubt of what other people will say or it's not how I've seen it happen in this person and so I don't move forward in that. And we've bought into this lie that in order to be a success or in order to accomplish the things that God wants to accomplish in us and through us, I have to be like so-and-so or I have to do it this way. And we're beginning, sometimes it's people putting those things on us and sometimes it's us putting it on ourselves. And I love what David does in this moment because honestly, I don't think David is somebody that actually dealt with imposter syndrome. David was somebody that was extremely confident. But what David does in this moment, I think, can set a lot of us free from the things that we're dealing with and the heaviness of trying to be something that we're not or trying to imitate something that we've seen in our culture or how success we've seen in other people. And I think what David does in this moment can bring freedom to so many of our lives. And the first thing that he does is he breaks the silence. And you guys know what I mean. There's there's these silent thoughts that are rolling around in our head and they're holding us captive. 
They're holding us back from really living. They're holding us back from truly walking in the gifts, talents, abilities that God has given us because there's so much doubt, there's so much insecurity, there's so many things that we've put on ourselves. And what David does in this moment is he breaks the silence. This is so key. Listen to what he says to Saul. When Saul tries to put his armor on David, he says this, I can't go in these. He said to Saul, I am not used to them, so he took them off. And some of you guys, you need to declare, I can't go in this. I can't go in this negative mindset anymore. I can't go in trying to have success like this person had anymore. I can't go in this. And you need to begin to take it off. Take off what culture tells you is success. Take off what those people spoke over you that you can't walk around with anymore. You have to begin to break the silence. And I was thinking about this in my own life. I started asking myself because I deal with so bad the thoughts that come into my head, the things that I put on myself, the things that I tell myself, you're not good enough, you're not capable, you're not educated enough, you have a high school education. Why do you think that you can do that? But here's what I started to ask myself, and I think what you need to ask yourself, who's in charge, the thinker or the thought? The thinker or the thought? Because a lot of us are allowing our thoughts to dictate everything in our life, our thoughts that rehearse what the person said, or our thoughts that are rehearsing the things that say, we are not good enough. And we have to begin to break the silence of those things and declare something different over our life. And like I said, this is something that I struggle, I get it. This is something that plagues me like nothing else. Like I constantly deal, the majority of our thoughts are negative thoughts. They're defeating thoughts. I remember a time when I actually, a TJ called me on the phone and he said, Shayla, I I just got off the phone with somebody. They're going to invite you to this round table. And he starts to tell me, that this round table of about 10 to 15 people is gonna be made up of some of the most leading, like foremost leaders of our country. In the church world, in the business world, and they want you and your voice to be part of that. And I remember in that moment, my heart fell to my stomach. I was like, I can't do that. Who am I? I have nothing to say, I have nothing to offer. There's so many people that would be better suited for this than me, like I, I can't go into that. Do they know that like, I'm not educated and I don't have the ability to do those things? What am I gonna bring to the table? And I remember that day, I was talking to my counselor and I said to her like, hey, I have this opportunity and I'm, I'm not gonna do it because I'm not the one. Like, I can't go sit in that room with all these phenomenal leaders and, like, I have nothing to offer. They don't know that. I have nothing to bring. And I remember her saying to me, Shayla, you need to begin to declare something different over this situation. And she said, let me just tell you something. If God gave you a seat at the table, then you were meant to be there. And some of you guys... You've been allowing the thoughts that have come into your head to define the opportunities that you take advantage of or the spaces that you run from. 
And it's time to begin to break the silence of what's happening in our mind. Because here's what I know. As long as you are preoccupied with your inability rather than God's ability, you will live a life of fearful restraint. And that's what's happening for so many of us. We are living in fearful restraint because we're so focused on our inability rather than God's ability and the way that he's equipped us to walk in freedom and walk in the purposes that he's called us to. And here, here's what I know. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, it says, we demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And I know that some of you guys, you have inside of you the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, the word of God that is sitting in there that tells you that you are something different than what you're acting. Some of us, God has given us the ability to know that we have a purpose and a plan and we have gifts and talents and you know those things. But we have to begin to demolish the lies It says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So what do you need to begin to declare over your life? How do you need to begin to break the silence that's happening in here? I put together this list of things because I think we all fall into this trap where we say, you know, some of us get stuck and say, I can't figure it out. When God's saying, I will direct your steps, will you just go? And a lot of us are saying, it's impossible. And God's going, no, no, no. All things are possible through me. But we're sitting back. And some of you are saying, it's not worth it. And God goes, just do it. It will be worth it, I promise. If you step into that thing, if you begin to walk in your calling, if you say, I can't do it, God says, you can do all things. He says, I'm afraid. And God's saying, I've not given you a spirit of fear. And so many of us are listening to the negative things in our head. And see, God is not discouraging. God is not demeaning to your life. He's saying, listen, I've equipped you. I've enabled to you. And I need you to silence, get rid of the, the silence in your brain. I need you to declare who I've called you to be and who I who I've gifted you to be. And you need to walk forward in that freedom. We have got to break the silence And then number two, you have to embrace who you are. Who you are. I love what David does. After Saul tries to put his armor on him, David responds like this. He took it off and he said, he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. See, what David does in this moment is he embraces who God made him to be. Because Saul said, in order to be a warrior, in order to defeat this giant, you're going to need to put these things on. And David goes, no, I'm going to embrace who I am and give me my stone and give me my sling. And that is the weapon that I'm going to use. Not what everybody else says success is, not what everybody else says is needed to defeat the giant in my life. I'm going to use what God has given me, the gifts, the talents, the strengths, the abilities that he's given me. Regardless of what you say, I'm going to embrace who God made me to be. And here's what I know, you guys. When David stepped up to kill Goliath in that moment, it wasn't the first time that he used the sling and the rock. David used it every single day 
because it was the weapon that he was cultivating. It was the weapon that he was using. It was his diligence and consistency in building the gifts and talents that God has given him. And we have got to begin to take the gifts, the talents, the abilities, and begin to utilize them on a daily basis so that when we come into the moment where we're going to face the giant, that we are prepared that we have used those things, that we've developed those things, that we've cultivated those things in our life. And if we are not recognizing and using the gifts that God has given us, man, we're going to miss out in those moments and we're going to try to be somebody that we're not. And David is consistent in developing the gifts that God has given him. I want you to see what David actually says to Saul. When, when he's trying to convince Saul, let me go fight this giant. In the chapters before, it says, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Listen, I know I've been out in the pasture, but I've been preparing. I've been using the gifts that God has given me. When the lion and the bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it and he's using his thing. I struck it and I rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it and killed it. David is a bad man. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Basically, David is going, listen, I know who God's called me to be, and I have God on my side, and if I can just walk in the gifts, talents, abilities that I've cultivated in my life, that God has given me, that when I come up on that moment, I don't have to worry about what's going to happen because I know who I am. And I know the things that God has gifted me with and called me to. Listen, you think about this. God may have gifted you as a natural athlete, but if you don't practice and you don't develop the natural gift that God has given you, you won't make it all the way to the places you want to make it because you haven't taken the time to embrace and to cultivate the gifts that God has given you. And here's what it is, you guys. Everything you're going to need for what's next in your life is going to come out of your faithfulness of what we do now. And so what are you doing now to step into those things that God has gifted you with? What are you doing now to operate in those things? Because I think a lot of people, sometimes they'll look at me and be like, you know, everyone sees the stage sometimes. And we think the goal is the stage. And you can say the stage is whatever you think success is in life, whatever the ultimate goal is in your life. And we see people that are on the stage and we think, well, they're just naturally gifted in those things. So, so they, they get that platform or they get that opportunity. But the reality is I didn't just show up on a stage. There was a lot of things that happened in my life, and the stage is a result of the faithfulness of me developing the things that God had placed in my life in seasons of obscurity. It was the, I had never worked for a church or a ministry until Coastal Community Church. I spent years in the corporate world, years in, in places that it wasn't a ministry job, but I looked at it every day like ministry because there was gifts and talents that God had placed inside of me that I needed to cultivate in those seasons that would prepare me for the stage that God wanted to put me on. And some of you guys, it doesn't, so maybe you want to own that business, well, listen, until you own that business, be the best employee, utilizing, developing the gifts and talents that God has given you in this season so that you can sustain it in the next. 
Parents, you want to raise great kids that honor you, that respect you, that want to be around you when they get older. Listen, it starts with how you spend time and invest in your kids now. It, ha- it, it starts with investing and utilizing the unique gifts God's given you to be an encouragement to them. You want to be successful in life? Success is not built in a day. It is built daily. It is built every single day when you're cultivating the unique things that God has gifted you in. And I think we live in a culture that is so trying to pretend to be something it's not. We're so trying to emulate people that we see have successful relationships, have successful businesses, have, you know, whatever you think success is. And we look at that and think, well, I need to be this or I need to do this. And can I just tell you something? God cannot bless who you pretend to be. He blesses who he's created you to be. And we need to, to, I think the church needs to begin to stand up and not pretend anymore, but to walk confidently in the uniqueness of who God's made you to be and your gifts and talents. You don't need to be anybody else. See, I think our culture right now is actually absent of you. Because when we always try to be somebody else or do it a different way or how we think success should come, then the world is actually has a void. Our family has a void. Our community has a void. Our churches have a void because it's missing the uniqueness of who God's made us to be because we're pretending to be somebody else. You have to embrace who God has made you to be. And let me just tell you, even when you embrace that, The enemy, he's still going to attack. Even when, man, the the war that happens in my mind. The enemy is after me every single day. See, David, even though he knew who he was and he was walking confidently into those things, he still had to battle Goliath. He still had to face the giant. He still had to go into difficult moments. Just because you embrace who you are doesn't mean there's not going to be a challenge for you to move forward in that. You know, I... It's so interesting what happens when David goes on to the battlefield to fight Goliath. He says, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw he was a little more than a boy, glowing in health and handsome. Basically, he was this little kid that was kind of cute, you know, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Basically, he's going Who do you think you are coming with a sling and a stone? Don't you know that warriors have swords and they have armor? Who are you coming against me with that? And wouldn't that just be like the enemy to do that in your own life? Who are you coming into the scene with your positive attitude? You know what? I've seen more situations diffused because of a positive attitude than a negative one. And the enemy will always get us to question the things that God has gifted us in and be like, you think that's going to work? You think that's good enough? The Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said. I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. And I think the enemy has been coming at us. It's been causing us to question the things that God has placed in our heart, the gifts, talents, abilities, purposes. I think we need to be a people that when we're faced with those moments, 
that instead of running, we actually move forward in faith. David says back to the Philistine, you come against me with your sword, spear, and javelin, basically says, you use the weapons of a warrior? (laughs) I know what I got. Because I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Listen, I know who I am. I know who God has created me to be. I know the gifts and talents he's given me. So you can come at me with those things, but I know exactly who God has called me to be. And just because you think you're going to defeat me with that, listen, the victory is already won. And when I walk in my purpose, when I walk in my gifts, when I walk in my talents, I do not have to fear the giant that is in front of me because victory is mine, says the Lord. And we need to begin to walk forward and to move forward in faith, knowing who God has called us to be. And yes, opposition is there. And yes, difficulty is there. And yes, there's pushback. And yes, there's insecurity. And yes, there's things that are plaguing our mind. But I love what verse 48 says. The Philistine moved closer to attack him. But David ran quickly towards the battle line. I think there's a whole lot of us that might be sitting in this room that we've questioned God. We've questioned the uniqueness of who he's made us to be. We've questioned the gifts or talents or abilities that he's placed inside of us because there's been opposition or there's been insecurity or we haven't been confident in those things. And so every time somebody, something comes and brings opposition to that, we've been just turning around and running. We've been saying, I'm not good enough, I'm not capable enough, I'm not able enough. But we need a group of people that will stand up and will move forward in faith and in confidence, saying, no, I might feel all of those things, the enemy might be hitting me with all of those things, but I know who I am. And I'm gonna move forward in faith. I'm gonna move forward in my purpose. I'm gonna move forward in my calling. I'm gonna move forward in my giftings. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm sure there's a lot of you in this room today that you're struggling with some of this stuff that I talked about. And I wanna pray over you, but specifically, I wanna pray for a group of people right now that maybe you have never surrendered your life your purpose to Jesus. That you've been trying to figure it out, you've been trying to make sense of it, and you've just been plagued by doubt and fear. And today's the day that you need to truly surrender your life with Jesus and say, listen, I've tried it my own way, but today I'm gonna choose to follow your plan. And if that's you today, if you need to surrender your life and your purpose to Jesus, I would love to be able to pray over you. If you'll just slip up your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Yes, I see you. One, yes, I see you. Two, thank you. Anybody else? Lighthouse Point. God, today I come before you. And I lift up those that just raise their hand, God, asking for you to take over. 
God, I pray that you would give them the ability to surrender, to let go of their thoughts and insecurities and their ways of trying to just control the outcome. And God, I pray that today as they surrender their life to you, as they surrender their purpose to you, God, that there would be a confidence, that there would be a strength, that they would walk in from this day forward. God, I pray for everybody in this room and everybody in Lighthouse Point. God, that we would no longer shrink back when there's opposition. And God, that you would remind us of who you've called us to be and who you've purposed us to be. You would remind us of the gifts and the talents and the abilities. And I pray, Lord, that we would be a church that walks forward in purpose, that walks forward in the identity that you've given us, Father. And I pray, Lord, that we would walk confidently forward in faith. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.